Bonjour, good morning from Lyon. We're back in Lyon as a train speeds by outside our hotel. Another glorious day, the sun standing proudly. I've hardly seen clouds the whole time I've been here. There they are, very light dusting of clouds across uh, Lyon. Going to be another warm day. It's been a very warm weekend for the opening weekend of Rugby World Cup. You would have seen drinks breaks uh, uh, instituted by uh, World Rugby 20 minutes into each half as they have been concerned about player safety and welfare. My name is Daniel McCarty. This is Rugby World Cup Today. Coming up on this edition, we would love to hear from you and your opening observations of the tournament. It's not as if there's a lack of talking points. You might want to focus in on what you saw from the All Blacks in that opening game against France on Saturday morning. A quite exhilarating atmosphere. I, I cannot state this enough. I've been to a few sporting events in my time, but nothing, nothing quite stacks up to what uh, we were able to witness firsthand for, for hours leading up to kickoff. There was such great energy, excitement, noise outside of the arena as the fans were on the concourse getting ready for things. Their version of Le Marcier ringing around uh, even before they were allowed into the stadium. A quite extraordinary build-up, a particularly French opening ceremony. Wonderful uh, build-up and a big burst of fireworks as the tournament ripped off with the uh, president, or the, sorry, the chairman of World Rugby, Sir Bill Momont, being booed during his opening speech. Emmanuel Macron, the uh, President of France also being booed and then it was in it to the game itself and New Zealand I thought were good for 45 minutes after that well off the pace. 18 unanswered points really is the story of the game as France uh, ended up running away with it winning it convincingly. New Zealand have a lot to consider, ponder and work on over their final three group games before they go into a quarter final against uh, one of you would say South Africa, Ireland, and possibly Scotland. 0800 Feel free to join us now. You might not just want to talk about the All Blacks. You want to, may want to discuss the other uh, big sides that we have seen. And last night we saw a truly brilliant game to end the first group of games between Wales and Fiji. Fiji, I think very unlucky not to get the win in that game. Uh, having to overcome some adversity, as I described in one of our videos last night, uh, peculiar refereeing, shall I say, uh, should I say. Uh, Fiji, though, left a lot of points on the, f on the field. Uh, dropping the ball over the line, dropping the ball with the goal line in sight, deep into added time. They could have seen them steal it at the very end. Elsewhere, England, very impressive performance from a team that has been under immense pressure from their home nation after uh, some unconvincing performances and some pretty sorry results leading up to the World Cup. Worst possible start for them. As Curry was sent off in a controversial moment for sure. No common sense for mine. I just can't understand why they went down that path. I thought there was clear mitigating factors. Yes, head to head and by the letter of the law, if you look closely enough and get the lawyers to check, you probably can argue a red card was uh, justified. Uh, for me, I thought it was very tough. But uh, from then on, the English defence, very tough, impressive display by them. A man down, George Ford, quite uh, a brilliant performance from the number 10. Owen who? Owen who? Do they need Owen Farrell after that? Uh, 
Argentina were poor. Australia finally get a win. It's been a long time since I've had a win. Eddie Jones has a win, and I thought they were very sharp in the opening 20-25 minutes against Georgia, playing at great pace and excitement. Georgia almost made a game of it early in that second half, but Australia just had too much strength. Ireland, well, they're always going to thump Romania. It was a record-setting score for them. But uh, I have to say, an ominous sight yesterday was watching South Africa. The worst part of their performance, their alternative strip, but I'll leave that alone. Uh, Scotland tried everything, but just could not find a way through a very, very impressive South African defence. And gee, they're going to take some beating, aren't they? They are going to be so hard to beat. Those were my opening observations. What about you? 0800 150 811. Join us at Rugby World Cup today. Love to get your uh, your take on what you have witnessed uh, through the first group of games. You can also text us on the Temper and Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. As far as what's coming up on this show, Nigel Yolden, who was uh, calling the Wales uh, Fiji game last night uh, for World Rugby, he will join us in about 23 minutes' time, around about uh, 8.30. But uh, to start off things, as we wait for you to contribute on 0800 let's reflect on that startling game last night. It was end-to-end, it was brilliant. It was full of attacking intent from both sides, really wanting to use the ball. And let's hope we get more games like we did last night, as we did between Wales and Fiji. Welsh coach Warren Gatlin speaking after the game, and he did admit it was a painful, painful watch towards the end of that contest. About seven minutes to go, there was going through my mind. I'm just maybe just go down to the change rooms and uh, wait until the final uh, final whistle. Um, absolutely delighted with the result. I thought there was lots of stuff and positives, um, but some good learnings from from today as well for us to, to take forward. And uh, you know, I, I thought the way that we'd prepared and the game plan, it took a little bit of time, and then we were. You know, what, 65 minutes on the clock, we were comfortable in there and, you know, we needed to control that and then we gave away some unnecessary penalties and lost a little bit of composure and um, and allowed Fiji and with with the team that they got and the individuals they got, they can they can hurt you. So, but I thought we showed some, some great courage in certain aspects and, um, yeah, delighted with the, with the result. Uh, I think it's... You know, it's pretty significant for us. I think Fiji have probably gone into the game as favourites. Everyone's expecting them to win. You know, the hard work that we've put in, I'm absolutely delighted with uh, with that. And what what I'm pleased about is that some some really positive stuff, but some really good learnings for for a group of young players as well. And we've always been a team that build on confidence and um, you know get better as tournaments go, particularly if we if we won. So that's exciting. They're they're a quality team. Absolutely, really. Some of their athletes and individuals can really cause problems. We had a great start, then they came back. They dominated territory and position in the first half, and then I think we had achieved what we wanted to achieve in the first half, and then we were looked very comfortable and in control in the first 20 minutes in the second half and put ourselves under pressure. So, um, yeah, I was, I was pretty frustrated and pretty angry about the, the last period of the game. It's about being honest and um, making sure that we learn from that. 
Warren Gatlin speaking after a breathless game against Fiji. Fiji do pick up two important bonus points uh, after that result, but Wales getting the win, an all-important win in a highly contestable group, it has to be said. Uh, Warren Gatlin's very right. They got sloppy uh, in parts, Wales, but uh, they'll reflect on how well they've started both halves, the way they came out after the break, and uh, were just efficient, far more efficient. Um, not as many errors and ball in hand, and especially in the attacking end, as we uh, saw from uh, their opponents, Fiji. But what about the flying Fijians, who did fly home and almost stole it at the end? Radradra had the line beckoning, calling him six, seven metres out, deep into added time. A wide pass from centre field out to the left, bounced in front of him. He just could not take it cleanly, and he looked utterly distraught at the end of the game. Simon... Raywa Louis is the head coach of Fiji. Here are his thoughts after that tough loss. We just weren't clinical enough. Uh, I think we dropped a couple of balls over the over the try line, uh, a couple of disallowed tries, uh, push forward, uh, double movement. So we had opportunities, uh, chance to score at the end uh, with, the, with the pass uh, to win it. So, yeah, I think we had our opportunities. We just didn't uh, make the most of uh, Wales had a couple of... Uh, Opportunities off our defensive areas, scored a couple of tries, and um, yeah, that was a difference. Obviously, we lost the game. We wanted to win the game, and uh, it set you up for the tournament. But we, yeah, we just made, made mistakes at critical moments. Um, didn't take those opportunities when we we could have extended the lead, uh, got another try in the second half, and then yeah, it was uh, left to chase it at the end. With uh, and we we had the chance at the end to to, to score. We had multiple options there and uh, just knocked on the ball. So yeah, the, the boys worked very hard today against a very good Welsh team. Yeah, but I don't want to uh, first of, yeah congratulations to Wales. I didn't acknowledge that at the beginning. Very good game for them. Played very well. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're happy with happy with all the team. But we got a lot of things to work on. That they do, but there's a lot of potential there. Uh, they look so threatening on attack uh, from all over the park. But uh, the top-ranked side in that group now, Fiji, do or die for them in some way. It'll be interesting to see how that group plays out. So that was the last game last night. Prior to that, it was the first sighting of the defending champions, South Africa. And if you think they are going to relinquish the William Webb Ellis Trophy Cup, Easily, you're absolutely mad. A completely dominant defensive display against uh, uh, Scotland. Scotland could hardly get out of their own end despite uh, trying uh, lots of innovation. Uh, South Africa, almost as if they had the playbook in the palm of their hand and knew exactly where Scotland were going to attack them. And uh, let's hear from the South African head coach after that 15-point victory. His Sharks, Ninaba. This was a slippery one, I think, for us. You know, you play play the number five team in the world ranked, and they deserve it. And and we all could see what they were doing uh, in their warm-up games and how they pushed uh, France and the big teams that they have won in the lead-up to this World Cup. So for us, it was always going to be a slippery one, and we knew it's going to be a grind. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, if you if you look at history, it's probably uh, I think last time we played them, it, the the scoreline was or, or the the, the uh, point deficit was or differential was 15 points, and I think it was 15 today again, if I'm not mistaken. So. Uh, that's normally history shows that, but but they're a tough team that will stick in there and grind, and we we knew it's going to be a grind. Obviously, defence is, is a 
kind of beautiful for me. So uh, I think, and and all credit to, to to Scotland. You know, they they a team that play with with uh, with great speed and. They've got uh, good uh, innovation in terms of, of how they attack. So we had to be really, really sharp uh, in terms of, of trying to cut off uh, all their, their, their options. You know, they can, cre they can create something miraculous out of nothing. And uh, so we uh, credit to the, the players. Um, there was a lot of hard work off the field, uh, but also on the field tonight to make sure that... Um, uh, they try and keep them at bay, and it's a tough. It was. It it it, it took a lot. Chuck, can I ask you about um, the traffic light system? Sort of what, without giving away sort of any. Uh, yeah. Any any without giving away any secrets. What sort of thing are you communicating, and how does it work? No, li no. Listen, uh, in terms of uh, of the lights, I, I don't know. It started yeah, probably when we played France in Marseille. <laughs> And uh, I don't know if you've if you've been pitch shot or close pitch shot. I mean, with this dome, the the, the 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 sound is phenomenal. So you can't you can't hear people. So our main thing is for us, because there's a lot of channels and working and talking. I mean, it's tough for us to sometimes uh, talk to our, to our support staff. So it's I think a lot of teams will have systems where is it the red, is it the green or whatever what's the extent of the injury and uh, or the knock or the how seriousness and and yeah that, that that's just for us to 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 communicate yeah with the support stuff sure if it's just about injuries, though. It's clearly looking to get messages out on what to do, one of these incidents. And if you're unaware of what we're talking about, in the uh, South African coaching box, they were holding up lights, you know, like traffic lights, individual lights, holding up. We saw one moment where South Africa were awarded a penalty, I think 55 metres out. And Russi Erasmus, director of rugby, still really head coach of South Africa, it looks to me, sorry, Jacques, uh, quickly got the lights out. And within seconds, the South African players pointing to the posts and decided to have a long-range penalty attempt. Yeah, the stadiums are incredibly noisy in South Africa are trying to find ways to deal with it. They do things their own way, the South African way, the way they play. And the way they play, most importantly, uh, has them right up the top as far as uh, contenders. That uh, group game against Ireland is going to be absolutely sensational now, isn't it? Also yesterday, uh, the Brave Blossoms of Japan had a few scares. Chile, the South Americans, very enterprising. Vamos, they scored um, their first tries at Rugby World Cups. A couple of them absolutely uh, fine tries as well, but in the end, Japan ran away, uh, ran away comfortably in that game. So that uh, is a reflection on the games yesterday. All the teams, well, the first group of games has been played. Not all the teams have, been, have played, Daniel. Come on, there are five in each pool. So we're soon to welcome the likes of Uruguay, Tonga, uh, Portugal and, of course, uh, Manu Samoa yet to play their opening games. Having a quick look at uh, the pools, uh, Italy tops the pool. That's uh, New Zealand are in in pool A, ahead of France, are on four points. The rest yet to get a point. Similar scenario in pool B. Ireland picked up a bonus point win after thumping Romania. Uh, South Africa didn't uh, bag a bonus point win against uh, Scotland, uh, but uh, have four competition points after that all-important victory. It's going to be tight all the way in Pool C. You would sense Australia and Wales both picking up bonus point victories there in five points, but Fiji don't walk away empty-handed. 
uh, from that loss to Wales. They're on two competition points. Two bonus points could be really important in the grand scheme of things. Well, Japan and England are off to winning starts in another very competitive group. Japan five, England four, Samoa, Argentina and Chile yet to register a point. Love to get your thoughts. 0800 150811. Uh, who's Sean? Which side looks the boss as far as you're concerned? Time to order them. I, I think I'm buying South African stock after this weekend. If we're on the stock market, I'm probably selling a f- on a few other teams and picking up some Springbok stock. What say you? 0800 150811. And if you want to give me your verdict and what uh, went wrong from a New Zealand perspective in that opening game? Here is your chance. 0800 Text us on double eight double three. Love to get your contribution on Rugby World Cup today. It's almost 20 minutes after 6 o'clock back home. The sun's streaming through our uh, lovely little balcony into the room we're broadcasting you from as we peer out towards uh, Leon, where the All Blacks will base themselves. We'll find out later today a little bit more about the injury bug that has uh, hit New Zealand quite hard over the last few weeks. Uh, the most recent, of course, Sam Kane, who picked up an injury in the captain's run and was a late scratching from that opening game. We'll find out um, in a, about four or five hours' time, won't we, here, when they have a media conference uh, at their training base at the Lyon Rugby Club. Stay with us. It is 20 minutes after 6 o'clock. You are listening to Rugby World Cup today. Coming up a little bit later, Nigel Yolden, who had the call for Fiji Wales, his observations of the opening weekend and what he made of the All Blacks' performance. But feel free to join us. 0800 150 or text double eight double three. Back up at this point. 25 minutes after 6 o'clock, Rugby World Cup today out of Lyon, the All Blacks home base for the vast majority of this tournament. Their second game is in Toulouse. Can't wait to get down to Toulouse uh, for the team naming and then the game itself on Saturday morning. Double eight, double three, let's get to the Timber Bear Post text machine. Uh, your contribution always welcome. Michael asks, what do you think of the TMO about the red card to England game? Sort of mentioned it at the top, Michael, if, if you missed it. Uh, yeah, if, if you look long and hard enough and, you know, look at the laws, uh, get your lawyers involved, you probably could make a case that it is a red card. But I, I'm sorry, from a instinctive rugby play, it looks purely accidental. Now, I know it's hard to judge intent, but at times, at times, <laughs> there's just no feel. There's no feel for the sport. I don't think it's deliberate. It's unfortunate. I I think there's some form of mitigation there. I would have been happy with the yellow card, especially in light of what happened not long after with the attempted charge down that I also thought made contact to the upper body, if not head. Um, you know, one gets yellow, one gets red. That's a bit confusing. So uh, let's see what happens uh, with uh, Curry's disciplinary uh, hearing, which I think is scheduled for Tuesday night, I think, uh, here in France. Uh, and another one, Foster's learnt nothing in four years. Same tactical ineptness, poor selections, leads to more predictable losses for the uh, All Blacks supporters in France. Their faces on TV look so dejected, writes Jason. You are not wrong. Uh, they weren't dejected, though, when uh, we, we caught up with a lot of fans pre-tournament. We wanted to get a sense of how the fans on the ground were actually feeling. So uh, Logan sent me out in the middle of the day, knowing so well that I, I handle the heat uh, with no problem whatsoever. Um, there was absolutely no sweat coming uh, down my, my 
my face, was there, Logan, when we uh, filmed uh, this little clip we will play you. It's uh, up on uh, all the socials. Logan's doing an awesome job at that. It was a little bit warm, wasn't it, mate? A little bit. A little bit warm. <laughs> a little bit warm. But let's hear from uh, some of the fans on the ground in France how they're feeling about this tournament overall. Party zone to our right. We're in the heart of the fan zone. And I miss home. And I found some Wellingtonians, Zara and Callum. Have come what over just for this, or you're you, you domiciled in Europe these days? No, no, came over from Wellington yesterday. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so recovering from the jet lag, but yeah, yeah, just, just stay awake, mate. Party, yeah, yeah. party on through it. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Zara, first impressions? Oh, it's amazing. Like French have really got on board with this. It's awesome to see. The Kiwis hunting packs here in Paris. Introduce yourself, team leader. G'day, I'm Jeremy, and this is my lovely wife, Julie, and these are all guys from the Kashmir Tennis Club in Christchurch who come over here to watch the All Blacks win the World Cup. Hello, my name is Andre. I'm from South Africa. <laughs> Andre, do you realise, now this is this is going out of the world, you will not be loud back in South Africa? Uh, well, they, they have a good feeling about themselves. They forgive, you know, they forgive. <laughs> if the box win, they forgive, you know. All the way from Germany. Yep. Introduce yourself. My name is Robert, 30 years old, and I used to live in Auckland, so I'm a huge All Blacks fan and we just couldn't wait to be here. I think we're in beaver country. No, we're in Paris, but these guys and girls are from beaver country. Introduce yourself, friend. Uh, Dean. From? Waikato, uh, Morrinsville. Morrinsville. How is this possible? South Africans are ABs fans. Explain. Well, um, in our hearts we're still Springboks, yeah. but uh, when the All Blacks is playing, then definitely we'll, we'll support them. Give me, a, give me a prediction. Who's in the World Cup final? Uh, All Blacks, South Africa. South Africa, All Blacks. Solid pick, solid pick. Who we got here? Come, come through, friend. Matt. Uh, Matt. I'm picking New Zealand, South Africa. Yeah, okay. And you, mate? I, uh, I'm Jake, uh, yeah, probably okay. the same, yeah, New Zealand, uh, South Africa. Okay, he's a bit of a follower, I sense, Jake. <laughs> Jake, well, Jake will do anything you uh, ask of him. Love a beer, please, go get me one. And you? I'm Kayla, and I'm South African, and New Zealand as well. Uh, oh, brilliant stuff. The Springboks. Against? Uh, in New Zealand, yes. I think so, definitely. If it's Springboks New Zealand, what do you wear? Green, isn't it? You, you'll go back to green? Splitting off, splitting <laughs> off. Australia's going to get a bit more form, they're going to come back as soon. Oh, no. Oh man! Stop day drinking! Stop drinking during the day! Tell me how your experience of falling in love with rugby. Oh well, you know, when I went to New Zealand, that was like 12 years ago, yeah. like a, well, 13 years ago, just before the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. Now, I'm a football guy, I'm European yeah. obviously, but then like, I love the respect from the players, like within the team, to their opponents, to the referee. I love the whole atmosphere and I just fell in love with the sport. I tried to play it for 90 minutes in Auckland. I got smashed by a big Tongan guy, and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit my career." Uh, to his family back in Morrinsville, he ain't coming home by the sounds. He, he's out of cash, isn't he? Go enjoy, team. Thanks so much. Thanks to all our fans. Thanks to all our fans we caught up with there. Yeah, Springboks fans dressed in black, strange sights. So everyone uh, having at the time of their lives at Rugby World Cup 2023. Uh, next group of games, let's uh, check in on the Rugby World Cup 2023 schedule with Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Speaking of New Zealand, our coverage again will start 6am on Saturday morning with kickoff at 7. New Zealand playing Namibia at Stadium de Toulouse in Toulouse. Can't wait for that one. Over the weekend, what else um, you should be paying attention towards? I, I would look at uh, Ireland v Tonga. 
uh, Tonga have uh, their first game of the World Cup. Surely Ireland's going to be tested for the first time if they ran over my Romania uh, convincingly in the opening game. That one kicks off at 7am on Sunday morning New Zealand time. Uh, two big games that we will uh, call for you Monday morning as well starting at 3.45am. It is Australia up against Fiji. What a huge game that one is going to be in St Etienne. Uh, Sam Hewitt, Steve Devine have the call for you. And then it will be uh, Sumo and Anstrom who will have uh, England playing Japan. Yes, the Roses versus the Brave Blossoms kick off at 7am. Both those games, Australia, Fiji, England and Japan are Monday morning New Zealand time. So the Abbott uh, Rugby World Cup schedule for Kubota together we are shaping and building New Zealand. 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Double eight, double three. Keep your thoughts coming through. Love to get them on the programme. But right now, let's head off to news with uh, Karen McCarthy right here on SCNZ. Twenty-six minutes away from seven. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today from a sun-drenched. You're probably getting me bored of saying that. Leon, it really has been magnificent weather. Although a little bit too hot for this, Wellingtonian. Not enough wind, mate. Not enough wind, Logan. Need but where's my wind? There's not enough wind. We might have to go south for that. Brilliant stuff. Logan Swinkles alongside me. He's doing a brilliant job on our social media. Check out all our channels, including uh, we've got a video. We've got a lovely video. We went to the Louvre and, and we've hung some very important artwork in the Louvre. The Museum de Louvre. Very important art, artwork of, of massive cultural significance. Uh, check it out. Yeah, I was a little bit worried that if I put it over the Mona Lisa, I might create a new war between New Zealand yes. and France. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I shifted it. Yeah, relationships are a little bit better. Nigel Yolden joins us, a brilliant rugby commentator. He is here in France uh, for uh, World Rugby, and he won the lottery with the first group of games. He got to call Wales and Fiji last night or this morning back in New Zealand. Nigel, hope the voice is okay because you probably would have been at uh, you know peak levels throughout most of that game. What a joy to watch. Yeah, but the trouble is, Daniel, and as, as a commentator, you'll understand that when you get a game like that, you get to the end of it. And myself and uh, the wonderful Jamie Lyle, our, the Scottish, uh, my television um, commenta- commentator on the production team that I'm working for, you're absolutely amped. You are just fizzing. So I didn't get to sleep till around about 2.33 a.m. this morning local time because, <laughs> oh, no. you know, it, it really was. It was a massive... It was a massive adrenaline rush, and you know, even for the people watching it, it was for a ride. You know, there were so many crests and valleys, depending which team that you were supporting. Hmm. But if you were just the casual fan, it was just such a a high level of emotional intensity, physical intensity, and then of course to have the game finish that way we were thinking it's coming out wide there's a bloke called Randradra standing out on that left wing if he gets it he could be in here even with a, a scrambling Welsh defence coming across and yeah just quite extraordinary very very fortunate and, and what a wonderful end to what I thought was a really solid opening weekend at Rugby World Cup 2023. I think we needed a game like that, though, to, to make it as such. There were, there were some real arm wrestle-type performances. Defensive masterclass earlier in the day by South Africa. Scotland tried hard, hard, very hard, but South Africa almost knew what was coming before it came. But uh, as far as that Wales-Fiji game, w- what I enjoyed so much, two sides who wanted to be enterprising from the off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a cracking start. I think that first 20 minutes of the game was was superb, and... 
you know, again, we saw the great start by Wales. And, of course, there was a lot of question marks about this Welsh team coming in. Warren Gatlin sort of being jettisoned in, and he's really trying to... It's, it's not rebuild. I think it's just realign some of the stuff that they had going before he departed initially. This young Jack Morgan, their captain, that was only his 12th test match last night. And yes. Gatlin found a bloke called Warburton who was rather good and stuck around for a while. And got <laughs> first opportunity to have a good, decent look at, at Jack Morgan up close. And there's just, you can see why Warren is so confident to give him the captaincy armband early, um, a little bit like um, a certain R.H. McCall was given that armband early, like Warburton given the armband early as well. So I think he looks like an absolute keeper. Um, but yeah, it, it really did. There were little moments in the game, and that does happen, where it just sort of, they maybe, I don't like to use the term tried too hard. I prefer to use the term didn't concentrate hard enough, because it got a little bit scrappy, and there was yeah. a little bit errors, but a bit of errors. But my goodness gracious me, the, the way Wales deservedly built that 18-point lead. And I was joking with my co-commentator, Hugo McNeil, a former Irish player and a former British and Irish Lions representative back in 1983. We're talking about, you know, about 18 points. And, you know, we both knew that this Fiji team can score three tries quicker than a hiccup. Now, they only got two of them, but they gave themselves that opportunity for the third. And, you know, just... Rousing. It's the atmosphere. It was the energy coming out of the stands as well. It was just, it had a little something for absolutely everyone, including Dan Bigger. Clearly, clearly, George North took the last jello shot last night ahead of the game because Dan was so angry with George on so many levels. Clearly, there's something a little bit more. Maybe he, maybe they're rooming together and he didn't leave him any hot water in the shower yesterday morning. Um, but Dan Bigger, my goodness gracious me, just he wore his absolute heart on on his sleeve, on his ankle, on his knee, on his thigh. He was so vested into that particular game. He was. He really was. It was his mother's birthday and his mother passed away a few years ago, so he would have been quite emotional before kickoff. But, you know, that exchange going into the half time. Uh, it's quite extraordinary, just screaming, keep screaming, t- turning around and keep screaming at him. Uh, Wales continued to bend throughout defensively. They never broke, and that's a credit to, to them. Mm. But Fiji, they look so dangerous. They look so threatening. And if they're more accurate, because they made a lot of costly mistakes, I thought, Nigel, I'm not sure how you read it. On, on another night, they could have got 50 points. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and I think it's quite interesting. There was a lot of talk with regards to the loss of Caleb Munts, and it, it's extraordinary to be saying this about a young man who's, who's only played a handful of games for his country, but I, I think the loss of Munts would be akin to what Ireland would feel if Johnny Sexton was ruled out of a Rugby World Cup, and and that's yeah. that's yeah. Uh, a lot to say about a very, very young man so early in his international career, but he's proved so quickly what a key component, what a key member of the Fijian side going forward he will be when he does rehab the knee injury and he gets back up to the level that I think we all know he can play. Now, I thought there were, as I said, they had plenty of opportunities. When you force your opposition to make 260-odd tackles in an 80-minute game and you're only making, I think, the last figures I saw was around about 80 to 90 yourself, you've had plenty of opportunity to be able to create. I thought there were a couple of times where I would have liked the, where they were trying to really bash them over inside that five-metre mark, I would have liked to have just seen a couple of shifts of direction as opposed to going again, going again, and going one-off. 
just take it out a couple, take it out two, three, move a couple of channels over and just try and shift and try and spread the defensive line a little bit because all they needed was a small seam because they've got such big bodies, such athletic, agile players that I think if they'd just been a bit more patient and tried to move the Welsh defensive line a little bit further as opposed to just going one off all the time, I think they would have cracked them a little bit earlier and given themselves a little bit more time to try and get that winning try. That group is going to be fascinating. Pinpoint accuracy on months. Such an important player to his team um, at such a young age. Okay, to that point you made, uh, and, and we'll talk about in broad brushstrokes because we don't have enough time to go through every single game, and I'm not sure if you've watched every single game because you're obviously travelling to your own game yesterday, but you say it's been a very solid opening group of games. So, um, you know, what are these storylines, the big ones for you, Nigel? Oh, look, I mean, the, the storyline, um, obviously, I think with the Wales-Fiji, the rousing end is going to be one. The efficiency of the defending Rugby World Cup holders, South Africa. Yes. Uh, the way they stifled and stymied. They, we, we all know they have a game plan that is um, made for a Rugby World Cup. Uh, the rugby intelligence of George Ford and the way with England going a man down, the way that Ford took opportunities. Um, everyone was talking about Yanni De Beer and, and the drop goals. It was just a smart display of rugby by George Ford. His team got him in positions. He took three points. They accumulated. We hear the phrase scoreboard pressure and people talk about it being a cliche. Mm. That there was the physical embodiment, the reality of what scoreboard pressure can do to a team because Argentina just couldn't find anything anything at all until you know the dying moments of that particular game that's going to be a storyline for sure um and and also as well you know, there will be comment about ireland and their victory over romania um and this the margin of that there um but i think i think that was that's what to be expected when you get the world number one against the world number 19 i think a, a line i hope people talk about a little bit is the performance of chile i thought against japan um, forty-two, twelve. In your Rugby World Cup debut, that is a really, really good result, I think, for Chile. And as you, to your point, they're fun. They bring, and I yeah. think you might see this a little bit as well when we get Portugal on track as well. I've been watching a lot of uh, Portugal, sort of in the lead up to this Rugby World Cup. The sevens element coming across. They like to move the ball. They don't want to kick it away. They want to try and actually move it and have a little bit of fun with it. So those are sort of the things I think that stands yep. out to me. I know there's going to be discussions with regards to refereeing and red cards and officiating. That always comes at a high level of tournament. But I think there's, as I say, just thought it was solid. Great opening game um, on Friday night that you had the joy of being able to call. But just a good, solid opening weekend of rugby. And great atmospheres. Gee, the French fans are active. Uh, it was pretty loud there last night. I can only imagine. We've got about 20 seconds, Nigel. Yeah, uh, fizzing, crackling. Um, the Welsh were into it. The Fijians were into it. The French were into it. And just, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal energy coming out of the stands. Brilliant work, Nigel. Hopefully we can catch up again soon, uh, soon but go get some rest. Um, you know, 3 o'clock to bed and then answering our call early is really, really hugely appreciated. Go well, my friend. Okay, go easy on the pan of chocolates, my brother. <laughs> no chance, mate. You know me.
Uh, Nigel Yolden, who's here, uh, providing radio commentary for World Rugby. And he certainly did get the most enjoyable game of the opening group of games. As far as the game itself, uh, the atmosphere at Stade de France for the uh, All Blacks-France game, just off the hook. Absolutely incredible. We'll talk more about the All Blacks tomorrow. They've got another media availability today. We'll find out all out about their injury scenarios and bring that to you when we can. Coming on coming up on the other side of the break at quarter to seven. It's going to be our breakout performer of the weekend. This is Rugby World Cup today from Lyon, the home of the All Blacks, currently here at Rugby World Cup 2023. Live from Lyon, it is nine minutes away from seven o'clock as we wind up today's edition of Rugby World Cup today. But uh, let's get to our breakout performance with Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat and proudly supporting Rugby Union. Uh, no complaints with this uh, choice as far as I'm concerned, but I have a sneaking suspicion some New Zealand rugby fans are going to lose their collective mind. Our Breakout performer of the weekend has to be the English number 10. It's George Ford. Looking for the drop goal. And it's good. Out of nowhere. England go for the drop goal, and George Ford delivers. George Ford is back in the pocket again, looking for a second drop kick from 50. George Ford, unbelievable! Wow! One kick, one. It's back again. A third drop goal is on. A third drop goal it is. George Ford once again sneaks it inside the left hand upright, and England now. 21-3 on the Crombie Lockwood scoreboard. George Ford has 24 points. Uh, here's another kick. Just gone straight down the middle. Ford's had a night out. And I, I think he's going to head off now. He is. There you go, Scotty. And he deserves a standing ovation too, which I'm sure he's going to get. Yeah, I think he got a standing ovation from Sumo and Ant too. They appreciated uh, the, the actually the 19 combination of England excellent in driving that game down to 14 men after just a few minutes. So that's our breakout performance of the opening weekend. Uh, George Ford, Breakout River Meets, proud supporter of local independent butchers and of course the Rugby World Cup. Let's uh, get to some of your messages. Oh, that's a very nice message from Snug Bunnies. What a great name that is. Awesome, awesome, awesome videos coming through the Instagram. Daniel and Logan, we eat dinner early to catch your show at 6pm from our snug but somewhat slightly <laughs> expletive wine. Well, enjoy it nonetheless. Hi guys, Dean here. If it was a tactic of the coaching staff to not put the ball directly into touch, which we see from all our Super Rugby franchises. We can hardly blame Bowden for it. This is what our players are coached to do. Play force back, an accurate kicking game where the ball is put into touch. And then your message cuts out, unfortunately. Uh, let's get to this one from Andy. What do you think the tactical advantage is from giving the ball back all the time? It never seemed to give us an advantage at all in the second half. All it did was put us back under pressure which eventually lost us the game um, yeah interesting uh, questions and points of both those texts here's the thing France kicked the ball um, more than most sides going around so it works for them uh, ironically during um, the era of New Zealand's dominance through 2015 World Cup uh, in a couple of years either side we were right up there as far as number of kicks per game uh, 
the, the All Blacks coaching uh, staff just identified the lack of a kick chase and, and poor kicking. Uh, I, I don't think they were disappointed with the tactic. Well, they're not going to be disappointed in their own tactics, are they? It was more the execution on the field. It was wasteful, wasn't it? I, I'm with you. And if your chase is not good enough, uh, you're just handing possession back. And New Zealand just did not look likely in that final 30 minutes of threatening that French lineup. Plenty more to come from uh, Lyon and the All Blacks tomorrow between 6 and 7 o'clock on Rugby World Cup today. My thanks to everyone who's played a part.